You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Opening God's Word is always a wonderful thing. All right, we are going to continue our Bible study on why. And last, uh, last time, we, uh, the last message was why worship, and we got to point number one. And so this is going to be the fifth lesson in the series, fifth message in the series, and it's going to be why worship part two. And so it gets a little confusing on naming these things. What are we going to do? Uh, but if, we could, if you could get somebody up here that wouldn't just drag on, maybe we'd be able to get all of them done, right, in order. Uh, but that definitely wasn't the case. All right. So here we're going to be looking at why worship. And a couple weeks ago, uh, as we were looking at that, the first thing, the first reason that we said we needed, why we needed to worship God is because God desires praise. God desires praise. You know, as we come before the Lord just uh, in prayer uh, tonight, as we are bowing a knee and stopping uh, our service and praying corporately as a church family, uh, my, my mind went to the fact of just praising the Lord because He is such an amazing God that every one of us were praying, and he heard each of us. You know, when you get people praying, and uh, maybe a lot of people talking at the same time, maybe it's a family reunion, and everybody gets going, and and you're hearing things from a couple different people, uh, and you're listening to one conversation, and you hear part of another conversation, and so you don't really listen to this conversation because you're trying to get the part of the other conversation and, and your mind gets sort of fragmented. God's mind is never fragmented. He could hear every one of us as we were praying tonight. And not only that, those that were in the Philippines and those that were in Korea, those that were in India, every person that was speaking different languages, All at the same time, we have such an amazing God. He is worthy of our praise. But why praise? Why why should we praise? And and the first thing is because, uh, why worship? Is because God desires uh, praise. And why should we worship? Uh, And we we went to John chapter 4, and if your Bible is there still, I want you to look again at verse 23 and 24. The Bible says, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him, and God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And here the Lord is having this conversation with this woman at the well, and He brings and makes a statement that was probably pretty devastating to some because he was saying that worship wasn't going to be done at Jerusalem. 
The day was coming where true worship wasn't just going to be coming uh, of being of the Jews. Uh, it was saying that, uh, that worship was going to be coming to God uh, from everywhere. And here, it wouldn't just be limited to the Jewish people. Uh, this was uh, going to be a worship uh, that was based on, on who God is. And it's amazing as you look into the Gospel of John how you see John share, of course, through inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, just revealing God's plan. In John chapter 1, verse 29, we see that there is a new sacrifice. And the Lord is opening up so many things. There was a new sacrifice that was going to be given. Uh, John chapter 2 and John chapter 4, there's going to be a new temple. Uh, we look at uh, John chapter 3, there is a new birth. Aren't you glad for the new birth? Aren't you glad that God gives salvation, uh, the new birth? John chapter 4, uh, we also see that there's a new water. Uh, the Lord is living water. And life-giving, supplying, uh, God is just an amazing God. And, and the Lord quantified all of this in verse number 26 when he said, And Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. It was all coming to fruition, all in the person of Christ. You know, all that God has for us, he has given to us and made available to us because of the sacrifice of his son. And we get to enjoy the bounty and the goodness of God because of what he has done. He doesn't, we don't enjoy the bounty and blessings of God because we are good. We get to enjoy the blessings and bounty of God because he is good. And he deserves worship. And he deserves our praise. So let's pray together and we'll ask him to bless now these next few moments. And Father, we come before you tonight so thankful for all that you have done, for all that you are, God. We can't even begin with our own mind to fathom the greatness and the magnificence of uh, Almighty God. You have, you have done so much. You are so much. Uh, Lord, you have provided so much for us, and you allow us to be a part of your family. What a, what a wonderful God that you are. And I pray that you would help us as we endeavor to worship you. As we go down this journey of life, I pray that you would help us in this area of worship. And so help us to praise you and honor you, to love you a little bit more. So help us as we study, for Christ's sake, amen. So we see that, uh, first of all here, that we see that uh, why worship? Uh, because God desires praise. But secondly, when we look at why worship or how to worship, uh, we see that it's not just uh, praise that we bring to God. Uh, worship for God is public. Worship for God is public. Now, I had to I had to wrap my mind around that because as I was taught as a, a believer, as I taught was taught as a new Christian, uh, maybe even through college, uh, I was taught that worship was not public. Worship was private. 
Worship was something that you did alone with God, and it was, it was not a public event. It was a private event. We gathered to ch- in church not to, not to worship God. We g- gathered in church uh, to be sharpened, to learn, to grow. And, and as, I, as I grew in my own personal Bible study, as I grew as a believer, I had to recognize that uh, why, this, this entire series, why do we do what we do? I had to realize I've got to make sure that I know what I am doing and why I am doing doing it because worship in a public place is Bible. Worship is supposed to be done public. Worship is something that we are supposed to do individually. Worship is something that we are supposed to be doing corporately and, and it is a public event. Uh, and so uh, in my early days, uh, I, was, I was taught that worship was just a private event uh, that you did. Uh, and I embraced that teaching simply because of the confidence I had in the people that were teaching me. But that's why it's so important that we uh, study to show ourselves approved. That's why it's so important for us to be able to give an answer uh, for what we believe and why we believe it. Uh, So take your Bibles, go to Acts chapter 17, Acts chapter 17 and verse number 10. Acts chapter 17, verse number 10. It's not going to be up on the screen. Uh, so if you got your Bible, go there. Acts chapter 17, verse number 10. We'll read down through verse number 13. Uh, the Bible says in Acts 17, he says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Therefore many of them believed also of honorable women, which were Greeks and of men, not a few. You. But when the but when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, they came thither also and stirred up the people, even though the apostle, uh, even though the apostle Paul was teaching and, uh, and preaching here. What we find is that uh, as he was teaching and preaching, uh, that these people of Berea, uh, they were there and they were still studying to make sure what he said was right. You know, it doesn't matter who the speaker is. It doesn't matter who the preacher is. It doesn't matter who the teacher is. You and I are responsible for ourselves to study the Word of God and to know uh, whether these things were so. Uh, the people of Berea were lifted up because they were, uh, they were more noble. What was more noble? Uh, they knew what they, were, they believed. They knew that the things that they were being taught were were so, and they could back it up. So they received the word with all readiness of mind. They were, they were ready to look and to hear and to receive uh, the word of God, and they searched the scriptures daily. It didn't say they searched the scriptures Wednesday night. It doesn't say that they searched the scriptures when the evangelist came to town. They search the scriptures daily. And you and I, if we are, are going to be able to give an answer, 
and we are really going to be founded in our faith, it can't just be something that somebody handed to us. We've got to know what we believe. We've got to know why we believe it. Otherwise, we are going to be pushed around with every wind of doctrine. Brother, Brother uh, Rob and I were talking, and he was talking about the, the social media and all the posts, and he kept saying, we are under such attack uh, of what we believe because people, uh, they are just hearing things all the time. And you know what we're at? We're at the day where men shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And when we are just heaping to ourselves teachers having itching ears, what we are not going to get is we are not going to get a consistency of teaching. We are going to get a little here and a little there, and it is going to bring confusion. It's amazing how many people whose faith was solid is no longer solid. All in an attempt to learn more, they are now confused. And that's sad. That ought not be the reality, but it is happening. Churches all around our nation are, are, are having uh, people walk away from the church because they heard somebody else say something. And so, oh yeah, now all of a sudden they follow that. And they, they, have, they have lost their roots. They have lost their foundation. And it's just devastating. Now, uh, you know, we believe the preaching and teaching of God, God's Word, not because of who's doing it. We believe it because of what does God say. And that's where we've got to stand. It can't be on personalities. It can't be on, uh, on just people. It has to be what does God say. And with that, we should be able to have that confidence in what God has given to us. You know, it's amazing how somebody can take one verse of Scripture and they can pull it out of context and remove it from the continuity of God's Word and they can try to bring about a whole nother direction direction and all another doctrine. And that is dangerous. Uh, the apostle Paul said that they rest the scriptures. Uh, what they're talking about is they twist the scriptures. When I was in school, I was a wrestler. And I remember wrestling. Uh, my first year of wrestling, uh, I, w- I was uh, just a little guy. Uh, and so I was lightweight on the wrestling team. And when I went in, uh, I was a strong, I was strong, uh, but I didn't know anything about wrestling. Well, the kid that was in my weight class had wrestled freestyle since he was five. And here I am, 13 years old, and I'm stepping onto that mat, and I could I could whip this kid. I mean, I could, I could put him out in one or two punches. But the next thing I knew, I was on my back. And I, if it was a fight, I would have taken him out. But with wrestling, all of a sudden, I was on my back. And I was, I was fighting to try to keep my shoulders off of the mat. Uh, and I was getting tore up. It was terrible. Uh, And so I remember all of that battle. Uh, But in wrestling, you twist. You rest. You you would would contort somebody. Uh, It was it was a it was a uh, agenda. Whoever could could give somebody a tight way so much where their their opponent would throw up on the mat. That was a goal in a mat, in a match. 
It wasn't just to pin the guy. It was whether or not you could, you could make him throw up. I mean, it was like uh, you, could, you could twist him. You could, you could hurt them in this uh, different, uh, different positions and things. And, and I remember uh, with that, you know what? There are people that take and they twist the Scripture. They twist it to make it say what they want it to say. You know, that's not how we're supposed to treat the Word of God. You know, the Word of God speaks for itself. Speaks for itself. And we should allow it to. Uh, So in Psalm 117, 1 and 2, the Bible says, Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise Him, all ye people. I don't know about you, but that that sounds like... Uh, in public to me. That doesn't sound like it was the praise was just something that uh, somebody did on their own. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. So all ye nations, all ye people. Uh, So this is a public thing. This is uh, people getting together and praising the Lord. Uh, Psalm 5, 7. But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and I and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Uh, when we assemble uh, together as believers, uh, it was the tabernacle, and then it was the temple, uh, and now it's the church house. You know what? We are to gather and praise the Lord. To praise the Lord. You know, we dealt with this this last, uh, uh, the first part of this message. It's not even a week ago. It's two weeks ago. Uh, but uh, uh, with that, uh, we dealt with uh, the, the fact that we are supposed to be praising the Lord in, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in our hearts uh, to the Lord. Uh, when we gather, uh, we are to be praising the Lord. The biggest book in the Bible is the song book. What was it? It was, a, it was a book of praise. And we're to be praising the Lord. Uh, Psalm twenty two twenty seven. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. And all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. So here we have kindreds and nations that are worshiping the Lord. This is corporate. This is, uh, this is in public. Uh, Psalm 29, 2. Give unto the Lord the glory do his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Psalm 99 9, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. Uh, what are these? These are praises that the nation of Israel would come together. They would sing these praises to God corporately uh, as a nation. Psalm 132 uh, 7, we will go into his tabernacles. We will worship at his footstool. Psalm 138 2, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy night name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name so so we see that uh, we are to praise the lord god why do we worship because god desires praise but we why do we worship god uh we or how do we worship god we worship god in public amen It should be natural for us to praise the Lord. When we were in Washington and our kids were small, we had a neighbor uh, to the, the north of us, and his name was Tom. Well, Tom, our kids were not allowed to call 
people that were adults. They were not allowed to call adults by their first name. And so uh, Tom was not a saved man. I witnessed to him many times, uh, but he did not accept the Lord as a Savior. But our, our kids would, would call him Brother Tom. And then it was like, Mr. Tom. Uh, and because he, 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 it really set him off all of a sudden being called brother uh, from, from these kids. And so they'd call him Brother Tom. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was comical. But they didn't know any difference on talking to adults. All the adults were, uh, there was just that respect level. But just sort of uh, everybody that they had in their life, they were Christians. And so uh, they referred to them as believers. Uh, and so they would call him Brother Tom. And it was, it was comical to sort of watch his, his reaction. You could just sort of see him sort of shrink. I mean, it was, uh, it definitely aggravated him a little bit, uh, or was made uncomfortable by it. Uh, but, you know, for us, it should be normal speak to say praise the Lord. I mean, you, you get around somebody, you go into the bank, and, and somebody says something uh, good. Man, my, my natural response is praise the Lord. And it's amazing how many looks I'll get. But the reality is, God's good for everybody. God is, he is deserving of praise, not just within the, uh, the church house. He is worthy of praise when we get out into the world. Uh, he is worthy of praise in public, not just in private. And you and I need to be praising the Lord. So how do we see worship in the Bible? We see praise. How do we see worship in the Bible? We see it publicly. But how do we see worship in the Bible? Also, we see it in private. We do see it in private. Now, there is a problem when there is only public praise. When there's only public praise, it's a show. You know, we've got to be honest with ourselves. Absolutely, he knows. And if I'm going to raise my hands and praise the Lord here in church, I better be raising my hands and praising the Lord in private. You know, when we look into our Bible and we see the outpouring of worship to God, we do see it publicly, but we also see it privately. Take your Bibles and go to the book of Job. Job, Psalms, Proverbs. Job chapter 1, you know the story if you've been saved any period of time, how Job was a just man, one that feared God and eschewed evil. And Job was an individual that Satan didn't have to come looking for Job. God told Satan about Job. God said, you know what? You're the accuser of the brethren. You come to me about people all the time. You throw up in my face the failures of my people, uh, the, the immorality and the unjustness that is there, the, the, uh, uh, the dishonesty, and uh, you throw all that up in my face. You're the accuser of the brethren. He said, hast thou considered my servant Job? You don't bring Job's name before me. And God says, hast thou considered my servant Job? And Satan said, 
that God had put a hedge about him. You know what? God can put a hedge around us. And God does. There's a protection that God gives to his people. Job chapter 1 and verse number 20. After uh, Job lost everything, the Bible says, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and, talk to me, worshipped. He worshipped. You know what he was doing? He's saying, God, you're still God. You're not my God only when things are going good. You are God right now. The burdens are here and the sickness is here and the loss is here and the, 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 the brokenness is here. And he said, God, you are still worthy of my worship. I worshiped you before. I stood in the gate. I was a just man. I told people about you. I was recognized for all that I have done and I have honored you in my life. And right now in the loss, I am still going to honor you. You know when God really becomes real? It's not when everything's exciting and everybody's shouting in church. God becomes real to you in the burdens. It's in the losses. It's when you are at the end of yourself and there is nowhere to go. And you have a need that you can't fill. And that nobody else can fill. And you come to God. And you say, God, I still trust you. It's easy to say we trust God. when you're standing at the casket. When you're holding the hand of someone that you love. When you lay a baby to rest. When your world turns upside down. Still being able to look heavenward and worship God. You know what we find? In the time of our brokenness, in the time of our weakness, we truly recognize God's strength. Because there's no pretense. We come to church and everybody just expects us. to love the Lord and to praise the Lord. But are we doing that on our own? You see, in private, that worship, while we're coming before God and 
still honoring him that he's God still. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, we, we need to be worshiping God. But it should not be just when we're at church. It should not be just when it's a easy, it's easy to worship the Lord together. I mean, it's not as easy to talk about the Lord when you're in the workplace with a bunch of lost people. It's not as easy to talk about the Lord with family members who are unsaved. It's not easy to talk about how good God is when we're in a world that hates Him and curses Him. But you and I, we are to praise Him and we are to worship Him. And it ought not be a show. You know, I'm so thankful for the music that we have and the blessings that uh, those that, that sing and are part of the worship, uh, that part of our service. I'm so thankful for them and for everybody that puts, puts in and invests in that area. But if we're not careful, we can get comfortable to where it's just a performance. One of the things Brother Stephen and I have had conversations about is as we're bringing more people back in into the uh, into the music, I do not want anybody in there that is going to just be a performance. I mean, right now I feel like our music is just absolutely worship. I don't want that to change. You know, we need to be a, a person, not just a church, though I want us corporately as a church to worship. But we need to worship him and praise him. We need to do so in public. But we need to do so privately as well. And let's make sure that we are allowing ourselves and, and, and being honest enough with our own self to praise the Lord in private. You see, it's hard. It, I was just telling the staff earlier this week it's hard to be transparent with yourself. You know, we give ourselves a pass on a lot of things. And being honest enough with ourselves to where we know when something's not right. And being willing to deal with that. And our service for God, our praise for God, it ought to be from a heart that is that loves him and worships him. It doesn't mean that we're always happy. It doesn't mean that we don't have broken hearts. It doesn't mean that we don't hurt. But we ought to be worshiping God. And we should worship him collectively together, but we should be worshiping personally in private. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for all the blessings you have given to us. Thank you for uh, just the word of God and the instruction that's here and the examples that you give to us. And I pray that you would help us, uh, Lord, to truly worship you and to know how you deserve to be worshipped 
And Lord, just lead us and guide us in this area. I pray that you'd help us, please. Bless our, bless our people tonight. Uh, Lord, just speak to hearts and give us what we need. For Christ's sake, we pray. Heads bowed, eyes Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.